Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Doing Good. Hopefully, each of us has at least one small but meaningful item at home. It might represent strength, growth, hope, healing, or those who came before you. Katie Elick's item is a scarf. She shares its meaning as well as her battle with cancer, volunteerism, and the joy of living everyday life. Well, thank you so much for being here this morning, Katie. It's very good to meet you. And would you do us a favor and introduce yourself, just who we're talking with today? Well, my name is Katie, and I live in a small town in Michigan. I am an occupational therapist by career. I work in pediatrics, and I do a program called Early On. It's a birth to three program. So I go into people's homes and help them with their children who may have disabilities or developmental delays from kind of when they're born until they're three, and then we transition them into the school system. I'm a mother of two amazing teenagers, and I have a wonderful husband who works in a local hotel in a city a little bit farther out than where we live. So that's kind of my background. That's helpful. That's great. And obviously, we're all here today to talk about volunteerism. Would you tell us a little bit about um, maybe when you were first introduced to volunteering? Sure. The first memory that I remembered was actually in college. There was a program called Best Buddies, and they matched a person who has a disability with a college student. And then the plan was for you to go on one-on-one adventures or to spend time together at least monthly. And we also did outings as a whole group. And so I met my buddy, Heather, when I was a sophomore in the college and we are still friends today. Really? Yes. I think that was my first time volunteering. I really loved giving back. I became the president of the chapter for a year and helped organize it. But we have a friendship. And so she's actually my same age. She has cerebral palsy and lives in a group home. We still talk on the phone. I will go and visit her. I send her birthday gifts and Christmas presents. And it's amazing. We were just talking about how this year we're going to be 44. And so I've always enjoyed giving back and volunteering. So the way I got introduced to your podcast was through the founder of Little Pink Houses of Hope, Janine. And I now volunteer for her organization. But the reason I got involved with her organization is I have stage four metastatic breast cancer. And I was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2016. And it was found from the very beginning in my spine and in my liver. And stage four breast cancer doesn't have a cure. And it's considered terminal. You will always have it. Some people do really well. And I've not gotten one of those exceptional responders right now. But the average lifespan, once you're diagnosed, is typically two to three years. You already beat them, right? Yes. I am into my fourth year and I'm doing really well. All my scans are showing response to the treatment. I go and have infusions every three weeks and I take a medication every day. And I'm just kind of living my new normal. That's a great way to put it. I think a lot of times people forget, or I'll even say with COVID, people want to quote, return to normal. But, you know, I think it's just a matter of realizing that it is a new normal now, whatever it is. And you're certainly dealing with it in your own way. Yeah. And I think every stage has been different. You know, when I was really sick and we needed a lot more help. And then as I got stronger and in that midst of feeling sick, I think you 
spend a lot more time with the internet because you're kind of in your house, not feeling great. And I, I was looking for things to do or to apply for. And one of those was a vacation for Little Pink Houses of Hope. And I just thought, oh, I'm going to fill out the application. That sounds great. Yeah, we were accepted. And then like you Google it and there's not a lot of information specifically about like what you do on your, when you're picked. And so then, you know, you have all those feelings like, what is this? Is this real? Took this leap of faith. And we spent a week as a family in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And we had the most amazing time. Little Pink Houses of Hope is all about being ridiculously present and setting up and curating these week-long vacations for families. They give the families free place to stay, free food, and then activities. Nice. It was an amazing time as a family, and we really connected. And I connected with the volunteers. They have volunteers that are paired with families. They make sure you have all your needs met. They're at some of the outings together. And I just really loved the philosophy and I loved their intention and how they were just there to love on us. They were on their phones. I think being purposeful and intentional and when we were at an event together, they were with us. I think they would have sat there if we would have talked until midnight. It was, they never felt rushed or like, we got to go to the next thing. It was very mindful. I love that. And isn't that the way we should all be at all times? Yes. During the week, I was just like, why does this feel magical? Why is this so different? And Janine wrote a book and I happened to purchase it while I was there. And I read it because we drove to Myrtle Beach and then drove home. And then it made so much sense. I'm like, oh, everything that they do has a very intention behind it. And it, it got me excited to get back to volunteering. And it also put in perspective of, you know, I have to live with having breast cancer and this is now our life. But when I'm doing good and feeling good, then I want to give back. I want there to be meaning in my life. I think I always talk about leaving a legacy. And for me, a legacy doesn't have to be a statue or like a tangible object, but because people remember how you, how you make them feel. And so I want my kids to see that and recognize that even during our hard times and trauma, we can still give back and lift somebody else up. Outstanding. I think you said it beautifully. It sounds to me with your vacation participation that you were a client or being served by Little Pink Houses. Now it sounds like you're a volunteer. How do you give back? For sure. Yeah. So what's wonderful about Little Pink is they are always looking for volunteers. They call them volunteers. And there's different levels that you could help with the organization. Sometimes you're the intake person and you call the new families that are going. You get them excited about um, their vacation. We actually in the house fill the fridge with the breakfast food. And so part of like an intake volunteer is talking to them about what they want to have in the house for breakfast. And so that's a small level, but you can take it up a notch and actually be one of the volunteers that is there for the whole week. And they started one of their retreats in Grand Haven, Michigan. So it was close to me. So I volunteered as a volunteer for an entire week. And I loved pulling their curtain back a little bit and seeing how they set it up. And now being on the other side, I just love being there with the families and connecting with the women and being able to share my story if it was going to help and encourage them. But it was really important that it was about them. So I didn't really share my story unless asked. Like I didn't want to be there as another participant. That was not the intention at all. 
Um, but sometimes they need to see that you can still live your life and volunteer and give back even when you have a diagnosis of cancer. And so I did. I, I did that for a week and I loved it. My retreat leader was amazing. He was just a really awesome guy. And you could tell his love for the families. And you know, I think we all have our niches. You can tell some volunteers gravitate towards the adults. Some gravitate towards the kids. It was a really neat experience. I was lucky that Janine stopped in at our retreat. She likes to stop in and see how things are running. And we happened to be in a car together going to the next event. And she just said, I see you. And I didn't, I don't think then I knew what she meant. But two months later, I got a phone call from her and she asked if I would lead a retreat. And so I now am one of the retreat leaders. And so and then the curtains got opened up even more. And they actually bring all the retreat leaders to a conference center in North Carolina. And we learn about how to be ridiculously present. What is our theme going to be for the week? How are we going to love on these families? And I was fortunate enough to lead a retreat in Sedona, Arizona. And one of the memories there that I still remember fondly is one of the women who also had stage four breast cancer. She wasn't doing as well. And I think this week was a time to connect with her family, but also just come to terms with what breast cancer was doing to her. And so we had a really nice conversation and I hope that it made her feel better. It was a really wonderful moment. And I saw her seemingly to be a little bit lighter and engaging more with the other women and in the activities. I think that's all part of the little pink sauce, <laughs> the activities and how they're planned and how we engage with each other. So it could have been my conversation or it could have just been the entire package. It really could have been. And I think a lot of people don't give credit for, um, I think it's good and normal even to realize that part of volunteering is not just giving to others, but in doing so that that gives something back to you. It feeds you in some way. For sure. Right. It sounds like that's exactly what happened then. Yes, I think it does. I think volunteering in general feeds my soul. I enjoy it immensely and I enjoy giving back. Do you volunteer for other places as well now? Yes. I think the other one that kind of relates to breast cancer, I think by looking for organizations that were giving out stuff, <laughs> um, I stumbled across Hope Scarves and Hope Scarves gives scarves to women or men who want a scarf um, going through any kind of cancer. So it's not just related to breast cancer. What's really cool about it is the scarf you get comes with a story. And the story is typically about the cancer that you have. So you might get a scarf and a story from somebody if they had lung cancer, if you had lung cancer. And I just loved this philosophy. So I requested a scarf for myself and it was amazing how close that story was to mine. And I loved how it was packaged. It was really neat. And I loved the scarf. Well, I don't know how it came back but Lara, who is the founder, is from Michigan. And she also has stage four breast cancer. And I have found other women in Michigan who have stage four breast cancer. We became friends and they were friends with Lara. And so she had like a fundraising event in Michigan and I was able to go and give my scarf back. So when, when you're done with your scarf, they like to have them back. And then your story goes on. And so it's called the Sisterhood of the Traveling Scarves. 
And so I shared my story at her fundraising event. And so now we're friends. And whenever she needs someone to talk about stage four breast cancer or research, if she needs anything that I can be a service to, that I help out. And what does that look like for someone who wants to know how you volunteer for Hope Scarves? Yeah, so for me to help with Laura, I told my story at an event on stage and gave back my scarf. I also helped and did a video talking about why research is important for stage four. I have shared my story and my scarf so she could share it online. Being part of volunteering, you can be behind the scenes. So a lot of people, if they love Hope Scarves, will do a local Hope Scarves drive and collect scarves to send in to Laura. And then they wash them and press them and they get a little Hope Scarves tag on them that can be scanned because you actually get a letter that says where my story has gone. I love that. That's so good. And talk about knitting together a community. I mean, seriously, in many ways. <laughs> yeah. I think for me, I started out small, like with myself and feeling alone. And then you find people of like mind or the same energy. And then you come together. And when we come together, we can do great things. And part of that is volunteering. And so with doing Little Pink and Hope Scarves, I feel like those agencies are all about building families up, building women up, giving them something to hold on to so they feel good about themselves when they're going through the really hard part of cancer. And so that's why that kind of spoke to my soul. But I'm kind of a science nerd. I like to learn. Once I was diagnosed with cancer and I started learning more, I also volunteer for other organizations because the research part is really important to me. Talk more about that for us. Yeah. So the other way we're going to cure it and find a cure for cancer in general is if we actually focus on stage four cancer. And I've learned so much things I never knew. I mean, everybody had equated breast cancer with a pink ribbon and that it's the easy cancer or everybody, they might get it, but if we have surgery and this and that, you'll be fine. I never knew when I was diagnosed that it would be forever. And that was a shock to me. And so when you start digging in and diving in, you realize that there's other organizations out there trying to advocate research for change, not only scientific research, but also legislation. And I am now a part of the Michigan Breast Cancer Coalition and they try to bring awareness to legislation and talk to legislators about what upcoming bills that would benefit women with breast cancer and encourage them to pass those bills. But I've also volunteered with Metaviver. They train people how to talk to legislation, and that's kind of more national. And they typically actually train you, and then you go to Washington, D.C. and meet with your representatives there. But with COVID, that didn't happen this year, so it was on line, and then you emailed or called your local representatives. So I guess now I'm kind of branching off and volunteering and trying to support them the other side of it. It does sound like that. It sounds like you're an awfully busy lady. <laughs> I am. When I was diagnosed, I was actually working full-time for early on and part-time teaching at a university. And I was teaching the occupational therapy pediatric content to the master's level students. And then I was diagnosed with cancer and I finished my semester, but then I had to retire in a way so that I could focus on the cancer. So if something doesn't resonate and bring me joy, then I, I will say no. I have two mantras through everything, and that's faith, not fear, and to choose joy. 
if it's something that I think will help other women, men going through breast cancer, any kind of cancer, then I say yes, if I can fit it in. I think that's terrific. And that's such a great approach to life too. My guess is that you're still involved as a mom with your teenagers and what all they're doing as well. So, I mean, you're living an incredibly full life by anyone's standards. Yes. I love it. I love your science mind of always wanting to understand and learn more and dig more to uncover what needs to be figured out. Do you have other stories with either Hope Scarves, Michigan Breast Cancer Coalition, or I'll say the PTA or something that you got involved with on behalf of your children? I have a story. It's still Little Pink Houses of Hope. But when I was a volunteer, the family I was paired with had two amazing little boys. And I don't know why I had balloons in my pocket one day and they just loved it all the kids would try and find me to get these balloons. And so I made sure I always had balloons in my pocket because I just loved seeing how excited they were to get these balloons. And when I got done with that retreat, I ended up in the hospital, not because of the retreat, but just because of cancer situations. And that family sent me balloons and said how they saw their kids come out of their shell that week. And it was amazing that I always had balloons for their kids. I did not think having those balloons in my pocket and giving them to the kids was a big deal. And it shocked me how much little things mean so much to people. I think that's why when people are like, I don't have time to volunteer or that's too much of a commitment. Volunteering doesn't have to be a huge commitment. One part of Little Pink Houses of Hope is we send birthday cards to people who have participated in the program. But I guess I think in the spirit of volunteering, it's about giving back and doing something small. You could give people balloons in the community and not be a part of an organization. And you never know how it's going to impact or touch somebody's day. So when people think they don't have enough time, I encourage them, you know, or if it's out of your comfort zone to put yourself out there, there's always things in the background. That's right. And I liked your distinction between the Michigan Breast Cancer Coalition and Medivivor, speaking about how one was more of a local effort and one was on a national effort. And there are so many opportunities out there. And I challenge anybody out there to think that if they don't live in Michigan, that they could look for a local breast cancer coalition or some sort of nonprofit that is similar minded because they're most likely is one. It's just a matter of Googling it or searching for it and reaching out to them. Yes. Right. I know one of my favorite phrases is by Maya Angelou when she says that we are more alike, my friends, than we are unalike. And it's so true in volunteering because everybody has similar issues and similar things that happen throughout life. And so the fact that it's happening, that you're involved, that you're, you live in Michigan, and that you found not only a local effort to get involved with is something that, frankly, anybody could parallel in any state. Well, for sure, because I think Houses of Hope is out of North Carolina. Hope Scarves is out of Louisville, Kentucky. The two organizations, you know, they're not even in my state, but I've found these connections. So I think for sure, especially in today's technology, the Metaviver one, everybody meets up in Washington, but we couldn't this year, but you can still contact representatives through phone. So yeah, I think there's such a way to connect and volunteer and you can volunteer and not even leave the comfort of your own home. (laughs) Yes, you can. I will say that as a plug for doing good even. (laughs) So. 
Yeah, for lots of nonprofits actually now, especially because of COVID. I think that forced a lot of us to go in that direction. But um, yes, and but there were ways already pre-COVID that people could volunteer out of their homes. Yes. Right. And it's amazing what you were talking about with calling the people and the families who were going on those vacations through Little Pink Houses, that it was just a phone call. And how you would volunteer is just by calling these families. And, you know, that's terrific. And it's so convenient. For sure. Yeah. So because of COVID, the vacations to give to families looks a little bit different. Right now they're doing boxes of hope. And so I made a couple of phone calls for that because I can do that right now since we're not leading retreats because of COVID. So there's even ways that to stay involved. And I think a lot of volunteer organizations need help, want help, and they will accept whatever you can do for them. And I think you can say like, this is what I have to give right now. And nobody's going to say that's not enough. They're going to say awesome. And I think when it feeds your soul, you get excited. And if it's something that really means a lot to you, you find the time for it. And I think it's an opportunity to also teach your kids what volunteering looks like. And hopefully that's going to feed their soul and they're going to want to give back too, because especially teenagers, they can get kind of self-centered and into what they're into. And so to encourage them to look outside themselves is important. So volunteering not only helps nonprofit organizations, but I think it also can help strengthen your family. Well said. I agree with you. And I'll take it one step further. Feeding your family that way also helps build the neighborhoods and the communities. I'm wondering, are there any specific messages that you would like to get across to people that you would just like to express for one reason or another, or maybe go more into? I know you said something about faith, not fear, and you said something about choosing joy. That's part of family and volunteering, you can volunteer with your church community as well. But if you're looking at a way to do good in your local community, there are so many ways to help. And a lot of the times that service can be through your church organization, because a lot of times your church is helping to support the community at large. And so I think that's just another distinction. Volunteering can be, for me, it's been a lot of breast cancer organizations because that has touched and impacted our lives. And probably before that, though, I was volunteering and helping to support our church and our local community for some of the things that they, you know, would be done here locally. And so I think that's important, too, in volunteering. It can also be right in your town. Like you said, you mentioned PTA, you know. I've done that. We sell glow sticks at the cafeteria for, you know, at lunchtime when they were little and we've had the 5K color run. And so I volunteered for that. My daughter really wanted to run it, but I had sit at one of the tables and like hand things out and I got to watch her run. And I love that even in the midst of cancer, you are out there having fun through volunteering and you chose wisely. You chose what you could do and made it work for you. That speaks highly of you, I think. I like to have purpose and feel like my life has purpose and meaning. And I think in those darkest days, when you think, why me? It's more, why not me? And when I do something that makes me feel good, like giving back, then I think overall, it helps me mentally, physically, spiritually. So, I mean, maybe that's a little selfish. Volunteering has really helped me be a better person and to feel better. So I probably get more out of it. (laughs) what what I'm giving, but I enjoy it. I say go right ahead. (laughs) You (laughs) 
live your life to the fullest. You have got so much going for you and your family. And it sounds like you have taken every door that's been in front of you and knocked it down and just marched right through and figured out your own path. And you're keeping on, keeping on and making a difference along the way for so many others and helping. And I'll say sometimes too, your volunteering is very individual. I'll say very one-on-one. Whereas at other times, you're part of a bigger picture. And both have lend to great credibility for not just you and the cause you're serving, but whatever the activity is as well, because that way it has more impact on the person it's serving at the time. That's something I'm definitely mindful of. I don't support or give credit to good organization or that it's credible. And that's important. I have a little blog I do just for me, really for writing, but it's out there in hopes that it helps others. But, you know, I have like a page on it, like that has Hope Scarves on there and Little Pink Houses of Hope and like places that people can connect to. And I've I've gotten a few emails where people want me to put their organization on there. And I just say, unless I've dealt with you personally and can see that our philosophies and our intentions align, I won't post it. Even though, like, I don't know how big my reach is, but I don't want to support something unless I really know that it's a good thing. Because I Integrity on your part, of course. Sure. Well, if it's all right with you, what is that blog site? So people may go to it and visit and learn more about you and what you have to say. It's called terminallyjoyful.com. Perfect. Yes. And once again, for those who might not have heard it before, terminallyjoyful.com. Oh. Terrific. I cannot thank you enough. You have been such a joy and clearly you have impacted many people along your journey along the way. What an incredible experience to get to have you as part of that journey. So Katie, you're you're terrific and we really appreciate your time today and through volunteering. Thanks, Megan. I enjoyed sharing my story on your podcast. Doing Good is a 501c3 nonprofit and is run 100% by volunteers. So yes, we are volunteers highlighting volunteers to celebrate those who do good. Thank you for listening to the Doing Good Podcast.